All right. Hi, my name is Ken Thatcher. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I am a 100-pounder. I'm not necessarily proud of that. It just means that I took the, my disease to its outer limits. And it damn near killed me. And, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, I want to thank you for uh, asking me to speak tonight. It's always a pleasure to be of service when I can. And, uh, yeah, like I say, you know, um, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. You know, what it was like was very painful. Um, throughout my life, from childhood, I, I abused food, um, drugs and alcohol, you know. I, that, that came later because when I was younger, I didn't have access to those things, but, but food was definitely there, sugar. And um, throughout my life, I gained weight. You know, um, you know, overate, and you know, like we do, you know. And then as I got older, <clears throat> in my 20s, I started getting these, uh, due to my obesity, I started getting infections in my legs and cellulitis, and I was diabetic and, you know, and all the complications that go along with it, neuropathy and whatnot. And every year my legs would, would infect, and it was progressively getting worse. And the last time it happened, I was in the hospital for a week. You know, I had an IV in each arm. Now, in addition to that, my life was a complete wreck, okay? I was um, <clears throat> drinking alcoholically. I was smoking like two packs a day of cigarettes. Of course, eating compulsively. Um, I was probably closer to over 100 pounds, 150 overweight, morbidly obese. Um I was losing my apartment because I was paying my rent late. I was being fired from my job because I would show up late there and just was unsafe. And uh, so, you know, wound up in the hospital with a really bad infection in my leg. And they couldn't control it. Uh, the doctor told me that they were going to take me off the, the antibiotic cocktail that they had me on, try to fight it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, because... The antibiotics were causing a secondary infection in my blood, so they had to take them off. And they said that when we do that, we expect that the infection will spread. And when that happens, we're going to have to amputate your right leg below the knee. Now, before I went to the hospital, I loaded a gun and put it in my nightstand because I knew there was a possibility this might happen, you know. And I decided right there laying in the hospital bed that if they did that, I was going to go home and commit suicide, you know. And luckily, I believe that it was a divine intervention. You know, God intervened and the fever broke. <clears throat> it always chokes me up when I think about this because my life today is completely different than, than that. But, uh, um, you know, my fever broke. And I remember the doctor telling me that I was a very lucky man and that I'd better, you know, get my health together and lose some weight because I probably wouldn't get that opportunity again. And... Um, <clears throat> and uh, I went home and I benched because that's what I did. That's all I knew at that time. About six months later, I met a woman. I was dating a woman that was sober in the A. And one of the conditions of my dating was that I went to meetings with her. And I remember one day in the meeting, I, I told her, I said, although I was drinking alcoholically, I couldn't admit that at that time. Um, today, I'm 19 years sober in AA. But at the time, I said, you know, I don't think I have a drinking problem, but I can relate all this disruption of life and health issues and financial issues and all these things they were talking about and had overcome. I was experiencing right then. She said, well, I've taken notice of your weight and 
how you eat, and so forth. And she goes, there's another program called Overeaters Anonymous, and they deal with, with food issues, but the program is, is the same, only the substance has changed. And I want to go check out a meeting, so I did. My first meeting was in, uh, in L.A., Culver City, and um, I started attending meetings there for about a year, and then I gravitated down to Orange County, and, and that's where I met my first sponsor. And he spoke at a meeting, and very dynamic guy and he was he had lost 100 pounds and was you know had a really good recovery so i asked him to sponsor me and he said okay one of the first things he told me he said he said ken you and i suffer from a disease that in all likelihood will kill us both he says it's very it's very um you know good at what it does you know and he goes so but he said the good news is is that there's a guaranteed way to recover from our illness, right? But we have to do it by design. We can't play with it, you know, and nowhere in this formula does it involve how we think or how we feel about it. It doesn't matter. Because we got to study the big book of AA, do exactly what it says, get truly abstinent, which he taught me to be flour and sugar. Um, I believe, and I teach my sponsees, because that's the beginning of, of AA. It's the physical representation of sobriety in AA. That flour and sugar are known substances to be addictive. And if you're struggling and you're eating flour and sugar, I would say that that's why. And at the time, <clears throat> I didn't stop drinking because I was an alcoholic, although I later admitted to that. But alcohol is liquid sugar. So if you're going to be abstinent from sugar, then you have to knock out the alcohol as well. And uh, I challenge you to think about that if you're binging or, or you're in a relapse or or you're gravitating towards certain foods, don't think about the foods per se, but what's in it. I mean, if it has flour or sugar in it or both, that's why you're addicted to it. And try getting off it. And the thing about uh, detox is, is difficult, and that's why most people don't do it. They, they don't get truly absent in this program. And it's, it's a shame because the, the book talks about, in the doctor's opinion, the, the, we, Overeaters Anonymous is a book. Okay, it's the big book of AA. You know, we exchange the words alcoholic to overeater and alcohol to, I believe, flour and sugar. You know, people debate that about, and that's fine. You know, most of those people don't have what I want. You know? But, you know, it, it says that we have to, in the doctor's opinion, that we can't safely put those substances in our bloodstream. We can't. Or it produces a craving that's beyond our control to stop, you know. When, we, when we're using, when any addict is act, actively exercising their disease, they're being driven to do something. Okay, heroin addicts and you know everybody else, alcoholics, overeaters, we don't like doing what we do. Painful, you know. It says in the book that when we destroy our bodies with these substances, we, we commit an unnatural act. It goes against nature to destroy our bodies with, with food and, and other substances, you know. So my sponsor taught me that. You have to get abstinent, okay? Get off the flour and sugar, and you're going to go through a period of detox where it's going to be very uncomfortable. But he said after about 30 days, you know, you're going to piss it out of your system, and then you can, you know, have some clarity, and we can study and work the steps. And that's where the real change is. But we cannot work the steps, you know, outside of a sober state. It doesn't work like that. People try to do it all the time in program, and I don't see them succeeding. You know, it just doesn't work like that. You have to be clear 
of the substances. And it talks about that several times in the beginning of the book, that a man's mind must be cleared before he can accept the concepts that are going to be presented to him. People that try to work the steps in a non-sober state, actively using or relapsing, do not absorb the concepts properly. And therefore, they don't, you know, get the goods on the back end, you know. And uh, so, you know, Scott took me through the steps, you know, and in an absent state and changed my life. You know, he told me, he said, Ken, he goes, give me your brain for 12 months for one year. You know, we'll stay sober, we'll stay abstinent, and we'll go through the steps. And he goes, if you don't like the change that occurs to you physically and spiritually, emotionally and, and in every other way, he goes, then I'll gladly refund you your misery for free. Because there's no there's no payment here. I'm doing this for free. You know, I later learned that he was helping me to help himself. You know, not in a selfish way, but that's how it works. You know, um, and uh, you know, and you know, I've learned that this is a 12-step program. It's not a nine tools program. You know, the tools are, are good and they're important and it's a part of the process. But the steps are where it's at. You know. This is not a, uh, a, you know, get absent, lose some weight, and go to meetings program. People often do that. That's not the deal either, you know. You got to get absent, work the steps, and it'll change your life, you know. And it'll <clears throat> it'll put you in contact, and in, in, this is all in the big book. And you can fact check me or call me after, and I'll, I'll walk you through it. Um, but, you know, the steps put us in contact in, with God. Okay, this is a God program. You know, I understand today that the, the program of OA has nothing to do with food, you know, other than the fact that I'm addicted to it. But once you um, stop eating those things, your relationship with food ends, you know. The big book talks about that. It, it describes the alcoholics and it says, at the end of all that, it says, and all these things would be pointless and academic if our friend ever took the first drink, thereby setting in motion, you know, the series of events, right? So... Once you get abstinent, you know, your the weight comes off, your health returns, you know. Um, you know, and that's why the only step that mentions uh, food is the first one. That's that's under, that's the no-brainer, you know, that we, you know, we, we don't eat. And I don't like the term eat compulsively. Is it, you know, is that like saying that if I eat five pieces slowly, that that's, that's acceptable, you know? Or, or some people say I don't eat in front of the TV or I don't go through drive throughs so if I, if I walk into the restaurant and order a bunch of food, that's okay. You know, you have to refrain, abstain from what you're putting in your mouth, from what you're putting in your bloodstream. What is that? Get off the flour and sugar, yeah? And and so <clears throat> when I got abstinent, I worked the steps and changed my life, you know? I mean, today my life is complete 180 from the way it was when I got here. You know, I'm at a healthy weight. My blood work is perfect. You know, I just had it drawn a couple months back. About every three, four months, I get it drawn, get a physical. You know, you know. Then my doctor has me talk to the nurses because they don't. They don't it's not often that they see that type of horrors on blood work. There's usually something that's wrong. I've I've been retested, thinking that it's a fluke, and it's not. It's not. And I tell them, look, I don't eat flour and sugar. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes, and I don't do drugs. And if you do that over time, your body will heal itself. Yeah, it will. So if you're struggling, and this is something I've noticed in the rooms too, is that people often, you know, cave under the detox, and then they they relapse, and then they they call that recovery. 
and saying, well, God bless me, I'm going to keep coming back. And that's not it. You'll die sitting in your chair if you do that. I've literally known people to do that. Okay? Um, that's not the deal. The book says that we will be set free from a compulsion, that we will recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We will completely understand what the deal is and that through sobriety or through abstinence, the, the craving will not be there. You know, you'll be set free of your compulsion. And then when you work the steps, you set yourself free spiritually from your past and from you make right the, the things that you've done wrong and you change your behaviors. And you start to, to, you know, to vibrate at a higher plane. You come in contact with God. And it's, that, that's, that's not a state of suffering. People that are habitually relapsing and, and suffering, and you've been around for over a year, then I would seriously consider getting a new sponsor and doing something different. Because that's not what recovery looks like. At least not with the people that I run with and that I've experienced myself. And um, my sponsees know this too because they're they're having good experiences. You know, now recovery is not easy. It's very difficult. Staying absent is often hard, especially in the beginning. But, but it is what my sponsor calls the price of admission. If you want a better life, you have to make changes. You cannot exercise the food and, and call that recovery and go to meetings and expect your life to get better. You will, in fact, die doing that. I say that matter-of-factly because that's what I've observed, you know. And that is a is an action or actions that are in conflict with what the big book says we will get or experience. You know, we will experience the promises at the, in the ninth step, you know. We will be set free, you know. Um, yeah, so that, that's the message that I carry to people and my sponsors. It's like, look, if you're suffering or, or you don't like what's happening with you physically and you can't stop, you know, then things can be explained to you, but you have to be willing to follow direction. You have to be willing to, to humble down, deflate your ego, and, and follow the direction of somebody who's trying to help you. You know, I get approached often by people looking for sponsorship, and I say, okay, I'll work with you. But here's the deal. You know, we do this. We go to meetings. We we stay abstinent. You know, we do service. We um, make some calls. We do re we read the big book every day. We write out. We, oh man, that's so much work. Oh my God. And I said, no. You know what's you know what's hard work? The shopping for wheelchairs. Not being able to walk across the room. You know, having dentists tell you they won't work on your teeth because you exceed the weight limit on their chairs. That happened to me once. You know, I was crying with a toothache went into the dentist and um, he refused to work on me because he looked at me and he says, well, how much do you weigh? And I said, like 450, 460. And he goes, well, my, my chair's only rated for 300. I can't have you, you know? And I left that office crying because, you know, and that, that was my life before, you know? But my life today is not like that. Today I'm healthy, you know, everything's okay, you know? So, you know, I just want to tell you, if you're new, and again, I, I hammer this home, if you're suffering, it does not have to be that way. It doesn't. But it is going to require you, again, to humble down and follow the direction of somebody who had success before you. The big book tells us that, that, that my thinking is a complete liability. I have to abandon it. It says I have to smash my old ideas like a vase, like break it, you know, burn it to the ground and forget about it. Adopt a new way. And live a better life you know people are dying around here man and i've known several people personally in two different programs in oa and an a that are dead today because they wouldn't 
adhere to the program. They wouldn't acknowledge their disease, you know. And it's sad because a couple of these people helped me in the beginning that I thought would never relapse. They went out and died, you know, and uh, completely unnecessary, you know. So if you're new, get a big book and read that damn thing every day. Start with the, the preface, work your way through the doctor's opinion, and get a good big book thump and sponsor and go through the book with him or her, you know, and, and follow directions and recover. And do that in a sober state. You know, it'll change your life. You know, do not have to suffer. Um, you know, be set free. You know, and just, you have to, my, my old sponsor, Jack C., before he passed, and he said, he said, Ken, he goes, if you're not willing to surrender and work this program by design, he goes, your disease will be more than happy to take you by the hand and take you there. Because one way or another, you will submit. You know, but one is less painful than the other, you know. And I've had people tell me in the beginning, and I and I told my sponsor this in the beginning too. I said, I don't, I don't like you telling me what to do. You know, I didn't appreciate that in the beginning. And he told me, he said, Ken, I got news for you. Because when you're in the food and you're exercising your disease, you're being told what to do. So you already understand the concept. Because you just have to understand that, that, you know, Certain things will save your life and give you a good life and be free, and another thing will make you suffer and die. You know, there's no good time in relapse, none. Okay, and if you don't have a clear understanding of what your disease is and how it works, then you're completely screwed. Okay, you will you will violate yourself and not even know it, and the disease doesn't care. Either way, you know. Um, you know, so study that big book and get a clear understanding of your addiction. You know, it's very important that, that the individual understand that. And with the help of a good sponsor, like I say, they will take you through that process. You know, but if you don't have a good sponsor, you know, trying to navigate this program without a sponsor is, is crazy-making. It's insane. People don't succeed with that. And by succeed, I don't necessarily mean weight loss because that's not an indicator of, of spirituality or physical health either. My sponsor told me that if the, if the you know, if the goal is to lose weight, then the bulimics and the anorexics win. He goes, go ask them what they do and do that if you want to lose weight. Don't eat at all and you'll lose weight. Yeah. He goes, this is about arresting the illness. We stop the addiction. We get abstinent or sober. I use the term sober because it's all-encompassing. And, um, and then we work the steps from a sober state, you know, position, you know. And my number... In California, 714-720-7777. You can call me 24 hours a day. <clears throat> if you think you're going to violate yourself with food or you want a sponsor, I'll work with you. But, you know, we have to do certain things if you want to recover, you know. And just think about that, for, for, you know, tonight and tomorrow, that if you're suffering or you're not in the place where you want to be, take a look at what you're eating. Are you eating flour and sugar? You know, you got to get that out because once that's in your bloodstream, it's creating a craving and it's driving you to do things. And the mind will tell you to do things, not just to eat donuts. It will tell you, it'll tell you to cheat on your spouse. It'll tell you to steal money. You know, it'll tell you to do things that will complicate your life to a point where you're going to want to check out. And you're going to seek relief, and that's where the food comes in. So that's all I got. That's my story. I'm sticking to it.
I hope uh, I resonated with somebody. And um, like I say, you know, a sober life is a good life. And set yourself free. Give yourself a fighting chance. You know, get abstinent, get a good sponsor, and do what they tell you. All right, thanks for letting me share.